What's up, guys? You're listening to the Colorado Cars and Coffee podcast with me, John, Steve, Matt, Hayden, Terry, and our special guests, Corey and Joel from New Image Paint Protection. Uh, let's start with uh, driving down our street of upcoming events. Terry? Right. Yep. So, um, <laughs> should I do the radio voice? Like, okay, so, Saturday, uh, December 12th at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. We have the 27th annual Hope Memorial Toys for Todd's Christmas Cruise 2020. That is in the Springs. I actually know Fort Collins, so I was wrong. So, um, 3620 Manhattan Avenue, Fort Collins. So, that is this uh, Saturday at uh, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. I can't do a radio voice. So, also on Saturday, <laughs> December 12th at 11 a.m., there's a Cars and Coffee and OCC down Colorado Springs. That's at uh, Greg Gearhead's shop, 2409 West Cucharis Street, uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado. So that is this Saturday. Nice. Hayden? Also, that Saturday at 11 a.m. down in Parker, there will be the Parker Express Holiday Parade. And that'll be 1831 Lincoln Meadows Parkway in Parker. On Saturday, December 12th, 5 p.m. to 7.30 p.m., it's a Loveland Toy Drive at 860 Cleveland Avenue in <laughs> Loveland, Colorado. Excellent. And then on Saturday, the 12th again, uh, attending on the 4 p.m., you have Santa's Base L's at Ram Audio and Electronics. That's in the Springs on 69 South Circle Drive. I, I screwed you over, Matt, so you go take care of mine. Yep, hang on. So, oh, come on, uh, get with it. The, the following Sunday, the 13th, uh, Colorado Euros winter, winter Cruise at 15353 East Hinsdale Circle, Unit H in Centennial. That was a mouthful. Oh, no, you should have read the whole thing that's on the event. That's a bigger mouthful. <laughs> on December 20th at 5.15 p.m., it's the Parker Cruisers Light Parade. It, which is a uh, 10950 South Parker Road, Parker, Colorado. All right, and there's one thing we're going to tag on here, as you know, if you've been listening to the podcast. So Ferrari of Denver is doing a um, toy drive for a Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children. This has been ongoing. So just a reminder, um, tomorrow and all the way up into the 12th, you can stop at Ferrari of Denver, drop off a new unwrapped toy, you can also, if you look at the event and open it up, there is a link to Amazon where you can purchase a, a toy. It'll be simply deli delivered straight to Ferrari Denver. And that all concludes on the 12th at 10.30 a.m. They'll meet at Ferrari of Denver to start their socially distanced exotic sleigh ride to Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children. So please uh, check that out and just uh, give as many toys as you can. And also with these weekend events, uh, check the weather because it looks like they might have some snow coming. All right. So we're on to uh, F1 with Terry and Hayden. Yes, we are. So um, I know most people watch, watch the race just for the simple reason that Lewis Hamilton was out due to COVID and George Russell took his place. So I'm going to make this really quick. To be honest with you, I think George did a really good job. You know, I think a lot of people out there are going, well, it is the car because he was leading most of the race. There was unfortunate incident in the pit, miscommunication where they put Botas's basically, they put Botas's front tires on and his rear and 
that it's it's a mismatch. You're not allowed to do that. You have like three laps to come in and do that. And unfortunately, it happened during a safety car as well. So he came in at the beginning of the safety car, came back out, had to come back in. So he lost a lot of places. In theory, he probably would have won if it wasn't for that. But straight out, a lot of people say it's the car. It really isn't the car. George drives one of the worst F1 cars out there right now in Williams. That car is a dog. It has problems with downforce, has problems with power, has problems with handling. It has a lot of understeer. Then, of course, it'll throw over a step oversteer every so often. So he battles that car as much as he can. And he has successfully got it into the second round of qualifying consistently. So it ain't the car. That was George's talent coming through to drive in the top team. So I feel he's proven everything he needs to do to Mercedes to give him a seat either in 2022 because Botas has technically got one, it has a year contract. Or if Mercedes wants to get up there, and I'll let Hayden discuss that one a little bit to get well, rid of Botas. Did, you, did you know that Russell, Russell took Williams' driver? Off of his off of his bio, and uh, Botas took Mercedes driver off of his bio on Twitter. Doesn't doesn't necessarily mean uh, anything. Just an yeah. interesting observation. Right. So you know, I you know just quickly. I mean, the race was the race. It was, it was exciting. I know a lot of people are saying like you know it, it was Checo's first win, which good good for him. I'm happy he won. Um, he won't have a seat next year unless. Red Bull decides Albon is useless and gets and gets rid of him and puts Checo in there. And I think Checo made a very good case of that just for the, the performance of Albon on the outer, you know, loop was was not good. I mean, that's an outer loop. There's not much going on there. It's pretty much an oval apart from a couple of turns. You know what I mean? Hayden? I mean they did they did uh lime did. like lime rock out in Bahrain. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean they were doing sub 60 second laps for Christ's sake. 50, so, yeah, the, the quality times were sub 54, 53, yeah. high 53s. 50, so 50. obviously both of them, because I think you ha- you would have you got to realize it was all you have, if you were watching that and you're being reasonable, you have to realize that was all down to luck. Russell drove a perfect race, but unfortunately, yes. F1 is a team sport and they have to perform mm-hmm. behind, behind the wall as well. And they had the radio failure, I guess, Russell broadcasted over when they said that they were going to double sack them or whatever it is that they said. Yeah. So, yeah, he drove a perfect race. He didn't, he did nothing wrong. It was just, and we know that Mercedes, when they have to, they have to make these quick calls, they do make mistakes. Germany last year, they, that was, Mm-hmm. Also, yep. what also uh, to what Toto would probably describe as a colossal f up, right? So, yep. so George had a uh, tire puncture, right? Well, yeah, but there was, and then at the that. yeah at the at the end there, um, but the main the main issue was that they switched his, you know, they switched they put Botas's original tires back on, but they because <laughs> yeah, they gave him Botas's tires, yeah, and then they came in the next lap. <clears throat> And put and put them on. Yeah, so, so it was exciting, but it was yeah. just it's just yeah, it's one of the it's like watching a watching a Greek tragedy. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh. I mean, the hero is falling. Yes. I mean, George was was tracking him down. Okay, and 
if it wasn't for the puncher, then he probably would have won the race. But it wasn't just the puncher that sealed the fate. It was the mess up in, in the pits, the fact that he had to pit twice under a safety car, which is death. Because, you know, oh, yeah. frankly, you're done. You're you're done because when when you come in, if you're leading the race, safety car comes out and it doesn't pick you up and you pit, you're gonna you have to pick up the safety car. So basically you retain your, your place and everything slowed down so you're good. When you have to do it twice under a safety car, it's over. He got shuffled into basically ninth place. <coughs> the Mercedes car yeah. itself is built for front running, so it doesn't do well in, in traffic. Good thing about the outer loop is it's so fast that he's just going to take people, which he did. So he was passing and Mercedes did the right thing because they knew he was faster because somebody Botas had hard tires on there that were 21 laps old, <laughs> which so they said swap now, you know, they, they just didn't screw around. It freed George up. Yes. The puncher sealed the fate, but the injury was already done and yeah. it is a mess up and they all mess up. And, you know, it, it's kind of funny joking around. People say you know, it was Lewis Hamilton on the phone saying mess up the tires and stuff like that. Or is Mercedes. Oh, they they did, that was yeah. intentional. Yeah. They yeah they it was intentional that Mer <laughs> Mercedes doesn't, didn't want George to win because they don't want people to see that the car is easy to drive or, you know, that, you know, Hey, you know, Lewis, you better sign a contract because we have George. No, because everybody messes up. If we all remember, uh, I think it was like four or five years ago, um, at Monaco with, with Red Bull, with um, great. This is where my memory fails me because I'm getting older. Well, uh, metal and you, you know who? Um, Weber. No, or no, no, Ricardo. Yeah, Ricardo. So Ricardo pitted, and Red Bull was like, what the hell you oh shit yeah you need the pit oh sorry we don't have any tires for you even though you're in the lead and he lost that race and to this day he is still hates that because that you know winning monaco for an f1 driver is kind of prestigious it's not like you know it's what they all want to win and he had it he had it in the bag and red bull messed up they all do it they all mess up pits mm -hmm. even in that race alone they messed up Vettel's pitting because they actually put on the wrong tire on Vettel too, you know. So I, it saw, that, I saw that Botas got three tires. Is that unusual or is that normal? Um, or is how how unusual is that? It's extremely because they messed up. That's why yeah. he got three tires. They because they messed up. They it, it was it was a essentially what Hayden was saying is true. Like George came on on the radio, but they prioritized they prioritized the, the actual radio when the the pit chief engineer gets on the radio. He take his radio messages go through. So he was on the radio at the same time. They were saying, you need to pit. And then George's on the radio saying, okay, I'm coming in essentially. So it all got jacked. It was just, hmm. and, and they learned. So it's no big deal. So it's not a conspiracy that George was not allowed to win. You know, he just did exactly what he was supposed to do. He drove that car. He did really well. Botats had a bad race. He had a bad start again. You know, I don't know what's going on with that, but Botas is starting really badly. You know, now I will say fairly this. I will say this. If Max didn't crash out in the first lap, I don't think George could have held off Max. Yeah. Even though, yeah, because Max was, Max goes for it and Max puts pressure, pressure, pressure. George is used to pressure, but not pressure of a Max Verstappen in a Red Bull basically saying, I will go everywhere and anywhere on this track to make you make a mistake. So if, if he did not crash out, I think George would have had a hard time, not like destroyed and being like in 12th place. That would never have happened. But 
it wasn't like a sure thing that developed when Max crashed out. So he have ran away with it like he did. Yeah, on, exactly. On Botas, certainly. Yeah, well, it sure was uh, Perez's day to shine, though, right? I mean, well, he had to last to first. That that was just yeah. amazing. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, and also, you know, so that was the first lap incident, the first lap, first corner incident, right? Uh, you had right where Max yeah. ran with the grapple. Yeah, Max kind of Max looked like he was gonna make try to make a move on uh, on Perez, and he kind of braked early. And then Charles decided to break late, yeah. And then and then Charles locked the wheel and went into went into Perez. And yeah, because Perez didn't even see him, so Perez came over. Right, like, yeah. Oh, Perez yeah. was turn was turning in, yeah. Or you know, quite a long time ago by that by that point. So, yeah. And, so uh, yeah, that was interestingly enough. That was one that Charles said it was probably my fault. Oh, he says straight out of his which. He's, I mean, he's one of the guys. He's it, out of everybody. He gets down on himself and like and claims responsibility the most. But it's just funny because they don't usually mention it in interviews because the FIA has the habit of saying, "Well, you said it in an interview, so we have to penalize you." Who learned that lesson? <laughs> Max oh, Risk happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, I just kept it flat under the yellow. Yeah, They're like, yeah I, yeah. I didn't lift. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, essentially, you know, the whole thing is like, you know, for, uh, for Checo was important to win one, because he probably doesn't have a seat next year unless, unless Red Bull pulls the trigger and says, Albon, you're not it. In my opinion, when it comes to Albon, he is not the teammate that Max needs. He struggles so hard in that car to even keep it, you know, one, he, he can't even put it on. I wouldn't say put it on pole, but he can't get in a position to be Max's, you know, teammate. You know, if Max qualifies second, he should be third. If right. Max qualifies third, he should he should be fourth. There should be a block, you know, or the ability to split. You know, essentially, you know, if you know if if Max takes pole, at least take third on on the pole, so you split the Mercedes, so you make that strategy, and you can run different strategies, and you make Mercedes you know, basically react to you right now. If Red Bull is a one man show, it's max. And that's why max will be doing things and saying, okay, we got nothing to lose. Let's go for it because he knows there's nothing to lose. He has no teammate to slow the pack down. He has no teammate to hold people up. He has no teammate to do, you know, Hey, we're going to pit Albon and stick him on the hard tires and see what that does. And we'll pitch you in five laps. He doesn't have any of that. So unfortunately, max- uh, Daniel Ricardo got tired of playing that role, oh, okay, and, that then role. Get it, and then get, you know, getting yeah. into the, the, couple incidents with them as well so yeah so i mean so basically i just think you know at this point they have to look at you know albon and say sorry buddy you, you know we gave you a chance we kept you longer than we have most drivers in the last couple of years and go go with checo you know what this and this is what stinks about just the pool of guys that they have to choose and and the, yeah. who, who's in and who's out because there i feel like there are guys that have moved on to other things that yeah. could be seriously fast in that car. You want to talk yeah. about John Eric Vern? You want to yeah. talk about Nick DeFreeze? Yep. Like those guys could have could probably really handle something like that. And they're not an F1. So it's crazy. Yep. So we'll we'll see what happens. There's there's one more race left. You know, Lewis will probably be back because Lewis doesn't want George to drive his car and make him look bad anymore. <laughs> so absolutely. He's Lewis gonna be back if he can. Yeah. So that's it there. So yeah. So basically, you know what? It 
I know there's probably a lot more in the race that people probably wanted to hear, but you're hearing this because this is what we want to talk about. So deal. Yeah, that, that pretty much. That pretty much. It sums it up, baby. Perez first win, last of first. Yes, which is really good. First happen in Leclerc, first lap, first yeah. turn crash, and, and uh, Russell scoring points. Yeah, terrible luck for Mercedes. Yeah, but but at least Russell including. got points, and then I would say after that. I mean, honestly, just someone. I think the best conspiracy theory is the fact that George's replacement driver, because it was George's Williams that crashed and brought oh, out yeah. the safety car. So, yeah. hats oh, off. Oh yeah, that's always, that. that's always the classic conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, it's like the junior team, the junior team throwing it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, it just that's great. Poor, poor Jack Aiken, man. He's yeah. Just, having to deal with the tinfoil hat crew on Twitter. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, just, just totally curious. Hey about kid. Yeah. You did it. Be like, listen, oh, come on. You, you won't be driving this car next week. So you need, you need to crash it because we need George to stay in this team for one more year. Just, just spin it elegantly. Just yeah, spin it out. I'll give you a cookie. It's all good. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, so one more race, and we'll see what happens. And then next year you have revised downforce rules. So we'll see how that all plays out. But, yeah, there there you go. I think we're good. All right. Uh, on to our next topic. We're talking about the 1,825-horsepower uh, Bugatti Belide con- concept. Yes. He wants the lead on that one. I'll lead by saying uh, every Bugatti that has come out since uh, the Veyron just looks like a Veyron with more extreme arrow. <laughs> it it does progressively well, crazier arrow. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though, Matt. Isn't every supercar of this level the the Quattara, yes. the all the new cone, the Koenigsegg Yesco, all this stuff, pretty much kind of this shape because it has to be their shape they'll change yeah they'll change a simple body line but it just there's something about the maybe it's the front grill that they that iconic front grill that they use but it just looks like the same car each time with with an upgraded body kit grill is horrible to shoehorn in there how many how many cylinders is this thing 16 baby should be 16 if it's it's in this well quad turbo yeah, but also. that's because it's it's the standard W16 quad turbo right. that we got to use. They use it in their Veyron. They just keep updating it, and they keep mm-hmm. getting more power out, out of it. I mean, granted, this is a total concept. The chances of it being built are probably slim. But I do think it's really interesting that they have taken this W16 and have just you know massaged so much horsepower out of it each time. You know, so it kind of makes you wonder how much further can they actually go with this W16? Can they actually get it to 2000 plus horsepower? Or would this be like, Hey, you know, we've got as much power out of this demo and we're going to move on to something else. I mean, could this be the swan song for the W16? Well, if they just plug a JB4 into it, they'll, uh, they'll get 2000, right? <laughs> yeah, that, That's what I know. Yeah, exactly. That's a wonderful dig at BMW, guys. If you understood that, you knew that's how great, great that was. Yeah. And it doesn't that's matter great. that I was the only one that thought it was that funny. That's so great. It's all true. It's all true. That's that's all they did. 
and then they put bags on it and that's it. It was over. <laughs> Perfect. So the bolide, the bolide name, I, I actually, I was telling Terry about this last night, yeah. but with my air force career, um, we actually encountered yeah, bolides. It, it's no, but my job <laughs> was to look for uh, nuclear explosions. So we had uh, sensors on satellites. We had seismometers, all kinds of stuff. And, a bolide is a re-entering meteorite that's hitting it, going coming coming back into the atmosphere, and it's on fire and flaming, and some of our sensors could see that. So that was just something I could pick out. Say, so, hey, I know what a bol bolide is. Yeah, that's really cool. Though. Yeah. Oh wow, you're one. You're probably one of few people that didn't have to look that up. Didn't have to look it up. I didn't have to look it up. I I, I, I didn't. I, last I night. knew it from twenty from twenty years ago. You got the I press brochure like and you closer. skipped over that paragraph. Like yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I, I like pointed that out to Steve and he goes, oh, I know what that is. And he told me, so I didn't have to look it up either. It was great. Wow. <laughs> See, insane. I just got, to, I just got the same benefit. Right. Yes. This is great. Exactly. But so, yeah, I mean, this, this thing, and you know, it, it, it really triggers me for the same reason that the Aston Martin Valkyrie does. And right. that this could have been a beautiful Lamar hypercar. Dang you, ACO. Yeah, yes. Yes. I won't Thank keep harping you for the on it. option. I won't keep harping on it, but every time I see something like this, I'm like, ah. Well, I know this is like a total side thing on that one, but I'm gonna hate him because it's like you create this whole class and saying, oh hype, 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 look at this. Ah, and then you go, oh by the way. Here's the off-brand for <laughs> the cheap label. And yeah, it's, it is literally a generic option. Right, and, and then you you don't expect every single manufacturer out there, they, every single team go, wait, so we can spend three quarters less money? Yeah, <laughs> right here, the baby. Point, the, we're talking about this car, and the point is, like, just imagine this streaming down the Molson straight competing in the in the top yes. class at Le Mans. Like, you want right. to see it. Yes, so I know they'll probably never build this thing. I was just, you know, just curious on, you know, will, will this be, you know, like the next Bugatti, will it still have the W16? I mean, is this the engine they're always going to use? It's just hard to tell because there's just no real literature out here on what they do. They just come out with a car which has bolt-ons from their Veyron and they call it good. Well, I'll frame it like this. If, Lamborghini is always going to make a mid-engine V12 car. Why yep. can't they make a mid-engine, you know, W16 or W16 quad turbo, whatever it is? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. If they can, if they can, you know, if the if uh, you know they don't get, and that's the difference. This one is a turbo, so they can play with the emissions a bit more for uh, for Europe because that's the biggest thing that's going to Volkswagen and emissions. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, and owners of Lamborghini. So the conspiracy gets deeper. Yes, it's it's true. It's it's the deep state of emissions in like Bugattis. But obviously, if you're talking if you're talking about um, if you're talking about is it going to continue to get built? Yeah, it's all based yeah. on that. It's like can they can they fit it into emissions? And that's that's the biggest factor by far. Yeah, yeah, Bugatti's basically an R and D project for, for Volkswagen. Right. They just push the limits on how crazy. Right, because it's just an old brand that they brought back. They didn't right. do that much. Yeah, in, you know, in the later part of the twentieth century, they at the EV one ten, and yep, it's about yeah. it. So yeah, mm -hmm. you're that's a good point. 
Yep, exactly. Very good point. Excellent. Okay. What's next, John? Uh, next, we're discussing a road and track article written by uh, one of my favorite writers, Sam Smith. Um, it's titled, The Numbers Aren't Everything. Because a lot of times magazines say, oh, this 1,000 horsepower challenger, you're talking about you know the high horsepower numbers. But he uh, says it should be more about how the performance cars feel. Um, I, did anyone read the article and what are your thoughts on it? I skimmed it a little bit. Um, I, I definitely agree with that, that mindset, that philosophy that horsepower isn't everything. A big thing would be, uh, we know what you drive. Hey, no, <laughs> hey, no, <laughs> Matt, no, Matt has uh, a Miata just in case you didn't know he has a yeah. Miata. Uh, but like smooth power delivery is a big thing. So you start getting into turbo mm -hmm. engines. Yeah, you get you can get a high peak horsepower, but when does that power come in? That really affects how the, right. how the yeah. ride is, or how the driving experience. There's there's a reason that something like the the second generation Lotus Elise that was sold in America is always going to be worth a decent amount of money, and there mm -hmm. will always be nice ones, and they will always be loved, and because it's how what is the feeling that it gives you that car is on 180 horsepower doesn't mm -hmm. matter right the the nd2 miata 182 horsepower or whatever doesn't matter right. it's because it's it's lightweight and it has that and it just has that um has all the right all the right suspension all the right bits in the case of the lotus the engine is in the right place i right. mean yeah. come on what's well, it's it's about it's about the it's about the feeling that it gives you and yeah sam smith's the man yeah. I've, i agree with him on most things i mean yeah. it's a it's a drivability thing what you know as they just the, you know keep going with hayden was saying it's like you know yeah you can go out there and get a big you know v8 supercharged 550 horsepower gt cruiser that is rear wheel drive only and if you're not easy on that you're gonna it's gonna it's gonna tear you right it, it's gonna swap ends on you it's gonna be in a ditch it wants to kill you you know right. so you're not really driving that car at any of its power you know pr potential you know you're not doing anything with it you're just driving it and hope that god it doesn't kill you you know not all of us are race car drivers and most people think they are and they're sure as hell they aren't you know you know, my, my ZHP only has like 234 horsepower. It weighs a ton because it's a convertible, but it handles amazingly well. And in the canyons, it's really fun to drive. It really is. Now, on this you know, regular street, light to light, yeah, it's it's kind of like a dog. I mean, it is. It, it, it's zero to 60 in like, you know, 5.8 seconds. Big deal. I get smoked by other cars religiously and they think it's fun. It's like, yeah, great. You got a Toyota. You smoked me. You know? I wish it had more horsepower. That's me. Not like amount mm. like 480 horsepower or anything like that. I would say like about 300, I think would have been a little bit better balance. But yeah, you know, I've owned cars in my life that have had 450 horsepower and just know where you can really put that down, you know? So yeah, it, it's not really a horsepower thing. If it handles and it gives you a sense of joy and you can push it to your limits without being scared half to death by it. You know, that's driving enjoyment. You're enjoying yourself instead of, you know, let's just take like, 
you know, a, a, an F type type R, you know, which is, you know, the old school ones, 2014, it's 500 horsepower. It's 550 horsepower actually in, in, in the R, you know, it's rear wheel drive and it has a tendency to swap ends. So, you know, unless you really understand how that all works, then if you take that car and you decide to go GT cruising, you go into Canyon and you put too much gas on going in, you know, out, I, out, out of a corner, it's going to swap on you and it's going to kill you. So the first time it does that to you and you save it by luck, you're scared. So oh, yeah. you don't really push as, as much as you can. <clears throat> I push my ZHP cause I know what it can do, but I don't push it half halfway to what it can do, you know, cause that's just my own thing. I kind of like where I'm at with it, but I know I can push it. And it still won't bite me. So yeah, horsepower and zero to 60. That's great. That that's my generation's garbage. Okay. It, it is, it really is. It's, it's like the gen X garbage was the zero to 60, the poster of the lemony contest on, you know, you want had zero to 60 and like 6.1 say, Oh my God, it's amazing. Cause the most zero to 60 cars we had were like 15, 17, 18, 19 seconds. Okay. Yeah. It was also so, coming out of the eighties whenever, all yeah. the emissions dropped and they, yeah. it was gas savings. And yeah. uh, so it was like a race to get fast again. Get so fast again. Definitely the coming back. Out, what's what's that called? The the maze era or whatever. I'm not sure what we call the era of when coming out of the eighties and all those emissions. Oh, you but, mean after the eighties? So like when mm -hmm. the nineties, Oh, we, we yeah. call that, Oh, that that's called the terrible bad music era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I thought the article was really hitting yeah. it. You know uh, how the car manufacturers are always chasing the numbers because they think that customers are chasing the numbers, and it gets into a vicious cycle. Well, maybe we're not chasing numbers. I guess I guess you can see that with the FRS and eighty six. Yeah, you know they're not chasing. They're not chasing numbers. They're rear drive. They're it's a, just a four cylinder, but it is a man, their oh. manual options and. Mm -hmm. uh, still a fun car for in the canyons, uh, yeah. but not not high horsepower. So right. I think yeah. they're definitely that One was a good article. That is, uh, look at what probably the most popular car in Colorado is is a WRX Subaru. I mean they're yeah. they're not yeah they've got quite a bit of horsepower, but they're not you know they're not pushing 500 horsepower or anything. They're I mean stock yeah nothing, so they, nothing yeah. crazy right. certainly by modern standards. Yeah. So. Right, right. They're all wheel drive. They handle well. They're comfortable. The one thing yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I will say, just compared to the cars in the eighties, that tire technology has moved on a lot. Oh, yes. It's a lot more. It is a lot easier, and just yeah, and just uh, car tech in general. Just you know, the torque vectoring, all-wheel drive, or torque vectoring diffs yeah. and stuff. It is a lot easier to put down like four or five hundred horsepower. And I don't know when I've borrowed cars like that from from friends or you know some. Some people have been kind enough to let me drive theirs, Steve. They, it's, it's really you. You do you do start to think you're like, oh, maybe this isn't too, like, yeah, I can't like, I can't really play with it that much, but just like for a second on an on ramp, it's pretty good. Yes, mm -hmm. and just being able to like, you know, just okay. having the acceleration at your disposal is super right. nice. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Okay. I guess we're on to our next topic about uh, BMW and Audi pulling out of Formula E. Um, who wants to discuss that topic? 
Well, we'll we'll brush. I mean, we'll we'll just touch on it because we just threw it in there. I just you know found it interesting that both well for BMW pulling out is because they believe that whatever technological you know technology gains they're going to get a form of E are now exhausted. They've you know they're they're done with it. You know in that regard, you know they went in there solely to develop their hybrid and you know full EV, and it's over. So they say, okay, we're we're done. Uh, the Audi one is more interesting to me because Audi's coming back to endurance racing. And they will be in speaking of uh, LMD Lamar hypercar and LMDH LMDH being the generic cheap option. That is what Audi will be doing along yes. with many, many others. Hopefully. Yes. So that's, that's the good thing right there with that. I mean, I feel bad for formula E BMW is one of the first ones to be in that. So it is that, I mean, just very, very quickly, you know, BMW leaving is solely based on they're they're done. They they see nothing to move forward on. Audi's out because they're gonna spend a lot of money getting back into endurance racing, so they're cutting out a lot of other stuff. Formula E will survive. There's the Mercedes is still in there, Nissan's still in there. There's at least four manufacturers. They have plenty of teams. About the only thing I will say about Formula E, I used to watch it. I watched the first year of it. I found it amusing that they would have to swap cars, which yeah, I know why they had swap cars because the battery technology at the time couldn't, you know, it was that way. It was kind of fun watching that. I will only say this stick the street tracks, do not race at Templehof Airport anymore because that is the God's worst race ever. Stop it. I haven't seen that. I've just, I've watched horrible. every now and then. I did not know about the airport track. Oh, I just, just you know, and I watched about 30 seconds and I knew it was incredibly boring mm. even the nazis yeah. hated that airport so think about it real quick formally uh-huh. so it was was it both audi and bmw that kind of reached the limits of their yeah technical well, Al, I, audi pulled out because they're going back into endurance racing so they're right. like we're not going to support stuff, this program right? yeah, yeah they're like yeah. we're not supporting this because we're pouring all our energy and money to le mans racing again they're audi they, yeah, what, they what? them and their their uh you know parent company mates porsche are the most successful two teams yeah. at that sport of Entry, all time. yeah yes yeah. so so they had they when they see a nice cheap option to come back they're like yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're there yep yeah, it sounded like they were getting a lot more technical freedom with uh, the endurance racing uh, with the car stuff yes they are and i don't know yeah. and i haven't read the regulations enough to know if because okay all right here here's this here's the short answer on what lmdh is uh lamar daytona hyper whatever whatever it stands for it's an it's what if you are familiar with the daytona prototype internationals and imsa they are lmp2 cars with manufactured bodywork and engine pretty much it they're gonna have that formula but with a hybrid, with a spec hybrid setup on the front. So that's so that's a nice cheap option that many you know a lot of manufacturers are eyeing up. They're talking about even Ferrari, who is very very rarely competed at the top class at Le Mans. So yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Be interesting. I look forward to it. So. Just oh. point, that's why Sorry, Audi's moving out and then 
again, when it comes to BMW, they've reached a technological limit on there. They're like, it's done. We, we use it as a test bed. It's over. Moving on. Yep. Yep. What I started to say was, I don't know if LMDH is going to uh, allow diesels, which has been Audi's main game in the past. But I don't know if they're if uh, Volkswagen Auto Group wants to move away from that. No. <laughs> Audi move on from diesel? I don't know. No. I don't know. No. I don't know. Anyway, so that's a quick little wrap on Formula E. Stop racing at airports. Thanks, John. Next. Yeah. All right. Uh, next, we're talking about the toys for tots drop off locations. Oh, yeah. Um, just real quick. Uh, we have uh, toy, Toys for Tots uh, drop-off locations all the way from Longmont to Castle Rock. We have about eight locations. It's from our sponsors and also other supporting local businesses. And uh, just check our uh, announcements tab. It'll have you the lo- it'll show you the locations of the places. And uh, just make sure they're open. But go if you got a new unwrapped toy, go ahead and uh, take it in, drop it off, and uh, you know there'll be some kid that will you know greatly appreciate that. Uh, this has been a terrible year, of course, for many reasons, but uh, let's try to bring some joy to uh, some kiddos. And uh, also, uh, Corey and Joel, they are a drop-off location there at uh, New Image uh, Paint Protection. Yep. Uh, you're there on uh, Calamath Street. So, yeah. Uh, Come on that's by. All for that. Definitely. Thanks, you yeah. guys, for spearheading that. Too. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no worries. Uh, one more thing before we, we turn it over to uh, Corey and, and Joel. Um Today is our last day for calendar submissions. Um, if you also, if you go to our announcements tab and look for um, the calendar post, um, we're looking for calendar your photos for 2021's calendar. Uh, we'll be selecting a number of photos that go into the poster or into the calendar, and we'd love to have your submissions. So take a look and submit them. We only got a few hours left, so make sure you do that. Yeah, so we're live on the Facebook page, but if you are listening to the podcast later, obviously, this was a couple days ago. Yes, well, if you're live and watching right now, so yeah. <laughs> Just for the live listeners. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, John, I'll go ahead and just introduce uh, Corey and Joe because we've been talking about them so quickly. But um, the mic guys are sponsors. What's that? Yeah, that's better. Yeah, we couldn't. You kind, you kind of sounded muffled for a second. I'm not sure what happened. All right, um, but yeah, we'll turn it over to uh, Corey and Joel from New Image Paint Protection, and just tell us about uh, the business and what you guys do, how long you've been doing it, and uh, what services you provide. So the, the floor is yours. Thanks for joining us. Great. And I would say just try to just try to speak up and get a, get a relatively close. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, we appreciate you guys having us on. I'm Joel. This is Corey, obviously. Um, we are New Image Paint Protection along with our partner, Matt, uh, who couldn't be here tonight. But um, we uh, we started our actual date. We opened was March 1st. Um, great timing. Yeah, great timing. Uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, it makes for a strong business when you can start and open up during uh, something like this. So um, you know, we've made some great relationships. Um, we've, we've got some good clientele going. We are at 3930 Calamath, uh, street, um, in Inglewood. It's a great little Mecca neighborhood of, of automotive stuff that goes on there. Um, you know, Farland restorations up the street, um, three R racings up the street, 
um, blue chips up the street. There's just a ton of um, cool things in our neighborhood that we find even more every day. So we're excited to be where we're at and located where we are. Um, we've, uh, what we do is kind of a concierge level type service. Um, we're, we're car people first, um, which is why we all decided to do this. Uh, Matt, our partner has been, um, actually installing, uh, film since it basically was available, uh, 20 something years ago. Um, we also do window tint. We also do paint corrections and ceramic coatings. We offer a couple lines of ceramic coatings. Um, so we really want to bring that high quality concierge type service to our industry, um, you know, from our facility to just the level of customer service that we bring, um, you know, uh, keeping uh, everybody up to speed on what's going on. You don't just drop your car off and it's forgotten about until you pick it up. We kind of keep you in the loop along the way. Uh, we keep you involved. Um, and I think that's been a really good experience for, for most of our clients, they've really appreciated, you know, we're all car people, right? Some people get our service because it's, it's something they need to do. They want to protect their investment, but a lot of people get their services because it's just, it's more than that. It's a community. It's a, it's a car culture. It's um, you know, it's stuff like that. So from, from having two front windows tinted to full a la carte, you know, hundred um, percent paint protection on the entire vehicle, plus a ceramic coating that's meant for film, I mean, we, we do it all from, from start to finish there. So, um, Corey, anything you'd like to add? No, I mean, we, we've chosen to, you know, be friendly as, as friendly as we can be with, you know, you guys and, um, some of the other business to business relationships and what, I don't know what I think I like the most is hearing everybody's individual story. Cause you know, everybody's car, whether it's a, Bugatti mm -hmm. or a Ferrari or a Miata or a WRX or whatever it is mm -hmm. all has a back history and a story and um, some relevancy. And so I think that's what I personally appreciate is hearing everybody's story and why they love the car or why they want to protect it or, you know, it's all yeah. super independent. So one thing that we found that's kind of interesting too about our services, um, you know, we're able to do both methods, you know, everybody has their own opinion of which method is best, but um, the bulk method, which if for those that don't know, that's the method of you literally take the bulk film that comes off the roll and there's multiple different sizes and you customize that film to the vehicle. Um, a lot of people get nervous about bulk installation because there's all kinds of, you know, with anything, there's um, bad practices that could, that could happen that could, you know, potentially damage the vehicle. False stigma. Yeah. Um, and you know, a lot of those things do happen, uh, depending upon what the technician's level and ability is, but in our case, um, it's not. And then we do also offer, uh, the, the kit installation, if you want to call it that we Templated. have, a, yeah, we have a really nice plotter and we would template out and we can plot the film out. And there's reasons for both. Um, there's, there's, you know, it's just customizing it to the customer, the vehicle, and all of those things. So, um, you know, the fact that we can offer both is has been very beneficial, for sure. So, do you guys have any questions about um, paint protection film, ceramic coatings? Yeah. You mentioned something about a a ceramic coating that's meant to be used with film. Is that right. An application that you would 
Because I can't, I was just thinking that it, it has to be because you're partially PPFing the, sure. the car, right? You're just doing the front or you're just doing certain pieces. You're not going to, this isn't for the guy that's buying a new Porsche that's just PPFing the entire thing. And it I know is. you're still paint correct it, but. Yep, it is. So the, the process is, you know, film is film and paint is paint and they are different. And so whether we're doing, um, a hybrid system, which would be, let's say we're doing a track pack on a vehicle, right? So that'd be paint protection film on the front of the vehicle. If we're talking about a 911, the rear hips, you know, a larger area on the rear hips, the lower rockers, the A pillars, the mirrors, uh, all the areas that would see, you know, high impact, you know, or debris from being on a track. Um, And then we, obviously the paint correction goes along with that. And then when it comes to the ceramic coating, there's coating for the paint and there's coating for the film. And the coating for the paint works really well with the paint and the coating for the film works really well with the film. And so that car then would specifically get two separate coatings. It would get Mm -hmm. the coating on the paint and then it would get the coating on the film. Film is more porous, you Mm -hmm. know, PPF or vinyl, whatever um, film you're applying it to is more porous than clear coat on cars. So it requires a different bonding between the ceramic um, coating. And to answer your question, yes, we do have, the guy with the 911 or the Icon Bronco or, you know, you can pick a car out of the hat that they want the entire vehicle wrapped or protected and then they want it coated over top. And you guys do also do just color wraps as well or no? Uh, we don't physically do the color wraps in-house, no. Okay. No, I just you, I wasn't even thinking about it until you yeah. just mentioned it, but you mean wrapped in PPF. Yeah, I mean yeah. protecting it with, yeah, with gotcha. paint protection film. Absolutely. Yep. So great question. Yeah, paint protection film has come out the last couple of years with, um, you know, obviously clear, but then matte finish or they have sure. like specific gloss black. Um, reds, some other, you know, specific colors, mm-hmm. but the realm of film colors and PPF is, is um, very minor compared to the broad range of vinyl colors Yeah, um, and sure. different products, you know, vinyls, four mils approximately, give or take in thickness, you know, PPF is typically about eight, you know, or more. Um, so different uses, you know, aesthetics versus protection, you know, just different motives usually to, to putting one or the other on. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, one of our admins, Dan, just had his car uh, taken yeah, to you. Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's very happy with uh, with uh, your your service. Yeah, great. Yep, Dan, it was great to meet Dan. Great guy. Yeah, yep. I was, was a fun. WRX driver for a while, so it was fun to see that come in. <laughs> <laughs> Made me miss driving a manual four-wheel in snow. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah, and we invite you guys or anybody listening to stop by at any time, you know, and if you want to have a tour or, or just ask questions or donate, or a, toy. donate a toy or <laughs> just see how we do what we do or just say hi. That's, that's great. Just stop in. So, yeah. Sounds like a good neighborhood for, uh, for car stuff. They might oh, be there yeah. for one reason or another. Yeah. yeah right. Marlins, uh, blue chip, yeah. uh, 3R. 3R racing. Come on, yeah. got a corner yeah. Now. Yeah. We love the guys at 3R. We're taking our car there tomorrow. They have a Porsche Safari car yeah. kind of drooling over lately right now. Yes, 911 Safaris are all the rage. That is yeah. all the rage right now for sure. Yep. Thanks, yeah, Matt Farah. <laughs> Matt nice. Farah and Lee Keen, you did this to us. Oh, I know. <laughs> Lee Keen. Jeez. 
Did you uh, see the video of that, uh, the first turbo that he did? And uh, so he was, you know, they're primarily Carrera three twos and, uh, or SCs. And, but he did, a, I think an 80, 89 turbo and it was out on a dirt road someplace. I mean, just sideways. It was, it was awesome. It was really cool. That, yeah. And one funny thing about Matt's build, what I thought was that uh, he did not care what side mirrors went on it, but all of the Lee Keen Safari cars had yeah. these little tiny mirrors. Yep. And Lee insisted that, no, if I'm building this car, it's getting these mirrors. Yep. Yep. It, ha it has to. He's like, dude, he's like, dude, first of all, I can't see as well out of them. And yep. Second of all, I don't think I'm coming that close to trees. Like, I'm not. You right. I'm not you know? Yeah, I'm in California on city urban streets. I just want to go down up and down curbs and stuff. Yeah, he's very yeah. sure. He's just like, I just want to hit potholes. Yeah, <laughs> and be comfortable <laughs> and have my bus interior. Yep, that's great. I love that yeah. car. Yeah, it is a great car. So we would. Uh, that's on our short list. We would love to figure out how to do the right build with one of those. I think yeah. that'd be great for Denver. Yeah, I've been. Cars has always been about the experience, so we don't usually keep them very yeah. long. He calls them extended test drives. Yeah. So. <laughs> very true. Very true. So that's great. Well, we appreciate it guys very much. And uh, we appreciate yeah. being part of the group and um, can't wait for uh, this COVID stuff to go away so we can really start to enjoy the benefits of being out and about and cars and coffees and yeah. all that fun stuff. So yeah, and, and thanks for joining us tonight. Yes, it's yeah. been, been a pleasure having you on with us. So yes, thanks thank for sitting through. Mostly, thanks for sitting through our whole podcast. Yeah, I thought yeah. I was a note about bringing you in about halfway through. Yeah, it's good to get to know everybody a little bit, and you know, that's no, that's fantastic. So you've been quite generous with your time. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You guys are keeping yeah. the car community stoked. Yeah, so appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right all right john we'll turn it back over to you all right uh, i guess we'll just wrap this one up uh thanks everyone out there for listening to our podcast um as always we love your feedback what you like and didn't like uh, it'll help a lot um you can always check out our all our media channels like facebook.com slash group c-a-r-z and coffee Instagram at CO Cars and Coffee, Twitter, CO Cars and Coffee, and of course our website, ColoradoCarsandCoffee.com. Well, it's time for us to grab our coffee and hit the road. That's it for us here from Colorado Cars and Coffee. See you down the road, everyone. Thanks a lot. Bye, guys. Right. Bye bye. Oh, thank bye. you. All right, we'll see you, everybody. <laughs>